Teresa recently went to a conference. So, yeah, do you want to tell us a little bit about this conference you went to? Yeah, sure. It was actually, it was pretty small. It was a symposium at the University of Newcastle um, on media resistance and public education. So there were six papers across the day. We had lots of time to actually explore our ideas and have, have discussions about them, which was really great. Um, and yeah, all of the papers focused on mainstream media and social media and ways that different groups of people in Australia and around the world are using both forms of media to push causes and and the focus of the causes of that day was on public education. So I actually presented a paper about the um, shutdown of Aboriginal homelands in Western Australia and that was came under the the hashtag SOS Black Australia. Mm-hmm. And the part of that is that schools will be shut down um, in these well, they're they're being called communities by the the Western Australian government and and more broadly. But um, I'm using Sandy Toussaint's logic that community is a kind of generic, abstract term. But what we're actually closing down if this goes ahead is Aboriginal people's homes. Um, so I think that that language is kind of important to remind us that it isn't just something. Um, generic that's being closed down it's people's country it's their connection to place Mm -hmm. and yeah there's obviously yeah so many important issues which we need to make change on and i I guess one critique is that you know these issues are so so important whether it's sos black australia or you know countless other issues going on and that i guess maybe our actions particularly online don't necessarily maybe reflect the importance of, of these causes so do you want to talk a little bit about maybe what slacktivism is and some of the sort of critiques around these uh i guess sort of little effort kind of actions that we often do online when we click like or we share a petition or something, we often feel like, oh, well, I've done my bit. Now I don't need to do anything else, um, which is obviously not a good mindset to have about activism in any sense because no problems are never solved. We always need to be continually working on these things. Um, so there is a risk that with online activism it becomes just a click and we don't actually think much about it, and we don't engage with the issue. But I think what's important to keep in mind is that that often happens with offline activism, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so online activism and offline activism can both be done really well and in a way that engages people really well or can be done quite badly, and people can just turn up to a protest and then not engage with the movement again in the future. So in both cases, we need to be thinking about how do we make people feel like they belong and feel like they want to continue engaging with this movement. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. And I know a lot of your work focuses on this, the fact that we often see online activism as somehow like a huge break from the past and, and things have totally sort of fundamentally changed, which isn't necessarily the case often. Like these sort of dominant tactics, which don't take too much effort or or time or or, um, danger or these kind of things yes that they are dominant in an online space but they were also dominant in an offline space as well Mm. yeah look and there are some really confrontational forms of online activism we often we think of social media activism primarily but stuff that anonymous is doing and, and hacktivism stuff is is probably i mean it is in the same space but 
it's probably less accessible to people like me who don't know how to how to get involved with that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I mean, that's a much more effective form of it's it's online direct action really, um, because it it gets to the source and it it disrupts things in really creative and I think clever kind of ways. And yeah, I think that yeah, in that case, yeah, not only is there sort of a lot of time and effort, but also you know a great deal of risk as we've seen with hackers and their mm. uh, sentences, prison sentences, these kind of things. And yeah, that that point you raise, and we've kind of been talking a bit about so far this you know the, oh we we we've shared a meme, so we feel like we've done our bit. Uh, like I think there is some validity to that, but I think we also got to look at that critically as well. Mm. Yeah, I think there's bigger reasons uh, why that that kind of stuff isn't happening as much beyond just the fact that you know there's memes now or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I actually think that memes, and I'm I'm sure you're not bagging out memes here, but memes <laughs> and the humor of the internet is such a fantastic way to cut through on issues that people may not want to think about, but if you make them laugh, they might be more willing to engage with things. Um, so I think memes are really quite powerful, and I I am skeptical, and I haven't done research on this, but um, that the internet does make people lazier in terms of activism, or that the internet would be the cause of of people being less involved with activism. Yeah, I, I just wanted to finish off with some yeah some of your thoughts on how it can be more effective online. So yeah, kind of split it in two parts because I think it's important to. Uh, yeah, be more effective online, like in itself, because some people don't have the you know opportunity or ability or those kind of things to get mm. offline, which we'll talk about in a moment. But first of all, like just staying online, uh, one thing you pointed to is the importance of having clear targets online. So, do you want to talk a bit about that in terms of being more effective with our activism online? Yeah, so I think one of the things that makes social media really powerful is that you can tag people in positions of authority. You can, you know, tweet directly to Tony Abbott. And while I'm sure that goes to one of his minders and not to him directly, somebody in those positions of, in those sort of halls of authority are seeing these things and, and getting a sense for what what people really think. Yeah, and, and yeah, one thing I was thinking about that with your point on the clear targets is one thing I've seen on Facebook is Facebook pages or, or groups or whatever, like let's get 1,000 people who don't like racism or against racism and those kind of things. And then once they get to 1,000, okay, let's get 2,000. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, okay, that might have some vaguely positive impact like in terms of like, okay, I know my friends are opposed to racism. Racism is not acceptable, but I guess it's not likely to have – it's not going to have as tangible effect as, you know, petitions, for example, that are directed towards – someone actually in power, for example. Yeah, exactly. I think it's really important for social movements, whether they're doing online or offline activism, to, to be really clear about what they're trying to accomplish and who can, who can accomplish that thing. If it's like veganism, trying to change people's diets and lifestyles and beliefs about animals, then you need to target people. And that kind of broad awareness-raising stuff is probably is, is very important. Um, but if you're trying to change a particular piece of legislation, you need to know who has the power to make that change. You know, if it's if it's the higher education privatization stuff, who are the crossbench senators that we need to be sending emails to to let them know that a lot of people are opposed to this thing, so please don't let it go ahead. Those people, those power holders, are the people that we need to be targeting with social media activism and generic kind of stuff that just goes out into the internet is probably um, 
has some benefits in terms of that general kind of awareness raising visibility stuff, but difficult to make concrete changes out of it. And another point you've raised is that protest point 2.0, so this sort of online activism, is most effective as just one component of activism as an enhancement to offline activism rather than the main tactic. So do you want to talk a bit about how we can use the internet to actually get people out to do more traditional or, or like in real life kind of activism? Yeah, there's an article that I read uh, a year or two ago by actually by somebody who was working on the Obama campaign in 2008. Um, and he refers to moving people up the ladder of engagement um, so that, you know, you might get people interested in an issue through a funny meme and then they click a link and find out a little bit more about something. And then some of those people you'll be able to get to sign a petition and some of those people you'll be able to get to send an email to, you know, D.O. Wang or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of those people you'll be able to get to come to an offline protest. So you need to give people a range of actions that they can take depending on their level of interest and their ability. You know, going to protest isn't possible for some people because of either physical disabilities or they work full time or they have anxiety or, you know, they're, they're not located in a place where these protests are happening. And so a range of online and offline actions gives people the ability to choose the things that they're most interested and comfortable with um, so that they can engage fully with an issue. And the more that people engage with things and feel like they're a part of something, the more likely they are to commit long term to sort of adopt that as a a part of themselves that, you know, I am an activist in this cause. 